our number one go-to is just maintenance. Let's get inside the customer's house, target the home on age, and chances are they haven't had any maintenance done to it for 15 or 20 years and find things wrong with it and, and go from there. Either get them as a, an agreement customer, sell them some replacements or upgrades to get it modernized or replace the system. Those are the number one go-tos. This is To The Point. A Rhino Experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, what's up to the point, listeners? You know what it is? It is almost Christmas time or whatever it is that you celebrate. But for me, it's Christmas and it's coming up really soon. You know what's also coming up is another year and a presidential election. God help us. We don't know what's going to go down, but we know something's going to go down. But regardless, you're still going to be in a business and you're still going to have to make decisions and be successful or not be successful. That's completely up to you. Hopefully this podcast has helped you out through this year. What a weird year this has been. Um, I got to see a lot of you a few weeks back at Home Service Freedom and then a few weeks before that, Service World Expo, uh, Pantheon. I feel like I've been all over the damn place lately. And I ran into this guy a few different times while I was there. Uh, that's our guest on here today. And, and I'm grateful anytime we can bring on actual Rhino customers on the podcast as well. But the, but the story is what I love and the history of it is what I love. And we can get on uh, contractors who've kind of been through the old 08-09 recession stuff that happened and kind of are still in the business today. And like, I mean, I'm a big history buff anyhow, so I just love people to tell their stories. But uh, our guest that's on today is Steve Miles. And if you don't know who Steve Miles is, he's not only a handsome man, um, but actually he is the... <laughs> The CEO, sorry, if you're watching the video, I lost it. The CEO of Jerry Kelly Heating and Air Conditioning out of St. Louis. Well, I mean, I'm going to call it St. Louis. It's the St. Louis area, also known as the Lou. But hey, Steve, do you know who else is from the Lou? Lots of people. You know who else is from the Lou? This famous guy. Yeah, yeah Nelly. So we had Nelly. At our uh, at Rhino X earlier uh, this year performing, but we had him at our at our uh, at a Rhino um, Christmas party uh, last year. So nice. f- from the Lou, and he's proud. Um, that was a fun one. So you've never been to a Rhino X? Well, how the hell does that happen? Like you just what is it? You don't want to be around I was me? Just asking Bethany about that. I don't know. We're we're looking at that right now. Um, I think just I mean it's become pretty pretty crazy. Um, it's a it's a quite an interesting event. It's fun. Okay, tell me why should I go? Well, listen, uh, you, this is for larger contractors, right? But but who else can bring guys like Ken Goodrich, Dave Geiger, Ken Haynes, Leland Smith, Jimmy Hiller, put them all right next to each other in the exact same room and get them to actually stay and then work with other contractors? It's a single-day event. It's like the most exclusive list of people. That's And it's from all my relationships I've had over the years. I just bring them all in one place. I keep it small. And we only allow 50 people to come total. I give the majority of that to my own customers for obvious reasons, because I want them to learn from some of the big players as well. But you can, you know, it's hard if you're a 30, 40, $50 million guy to learn without talking to some of the bigger contractors, right? Like you have to be able to see where you're going and understand where you're going from those who have been or who are there or have been there. Uh, kudos on the lineup. That's one hell of a lineup. Thank you, man. And I even talked to Ara into coming, which is cool. So Ara from uh, CEO Service Titan is going to come in uh, as well and join us, which is pretty cool. But nice. yeah, that's what it is. So this will be our fourth one that's coming up. And um, I'm very proud of it. And my favorite part of the whole thing during the daytime session is the workshops because we have those that are attending 
you know, submit some of the challenges that they're either going through or they're going to be going through because we all have them regardless of what phase you're at in business. And then they actively work through them with all the different speakers. So we split off into groups. Good Richards works with the group. Frank DeMarco's coming in and kind of working alongside Leland since Frank's kind of got the baton past him. Frank, great dude. Um, and that's what makes it so cool is I get to watch all these, you know, contractors, whether they're, you know, five, eight, 10 million sitting with these guys. Cause you know, sometimes they're afraid to approach, you know, approach them or even, you uh-huh. know, and, and it, that's like the Super Bowl of the event. It's the coolest, it's the coolest thing. So, um, but you guys had a, uh, let's see it, it you, well, you're a couple, a couple things last month. You had a birthday, right? You turned what, 31, 32, somewhere around there? Yeah, 31. <laughs> 31. Time. I thought I read that somewhere. So, what, you're 62? Yeah. Looking good, man. And then you guys had your 46 year anniversary as a company, right? Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah. Yes, we did. You, so you actually bought this from your father in law because if you guys noticed, I said his name is Steve Miles, not Jerry Kelly. Uh, and the name of the company is Jerry Kelly. But Jerry Kelly was actually is, is your father in law. Is that right? Yeah, like most successful business people, I married up. Good for My you. My wife uh, is an only child. Her parents owned it, so we just kind of fit in. They tried to talk us out of it back in the uh, early 90s. They didn't want us to have anything to do with it. And I saw it as kind of a challenge. I go, hey, let us try. And here we are. Yeah, don't fail. Don't mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> don't foul up. <laughs> don't foul up. Um, you know what? I was kind of, as I was going back through and prepping for this, uh, episode, I you won't remember this. If you do, I'll be absolutely shocked. But I, I remember the first time I met you. Okay. And you actually, your head at the time was, you had a shave, I think your head was shaved at the time. Like you didn't have your hair done like it is now. Yeah, number shirt. four on top, two on the sides, whatever. Yeah. Whatever it is. It was something short like that. Uh, but it was back at what used to be called Comfort Tech. Comfort Tech. I want to say it was like maybe either 14 or 15, somewhere around there. I mean, okay. I don't remember where it was at on the East Coast, maybe Philly, somewhere around there. I can't remember where it was, but I, I but it was at a comfort tech because the first time I met you and, all, and because I'd heard of your brand, because when I was early in business, one of the earlier markets I was able to compete in was St. Louis. Yeah. So, so I knew. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We talked about that. Back, that's right. Back in the, back in the day. Back um, in the day. But you know what else is like, you know, for, uh, the, um, I saw a, uh, your guys' TikTok channel for Jerry Kelly, which I think is great. So listeners, if you haven't checked out their TikTok channel, it's pretty good. Like they do a pretty good job of it. I'm impressed. I've got to give all the kudos to the marketing girls, but yeah, they, they enjoy it. They have a lot of fun doing it and they're constantly on our face with the cameras. Yeah. And you got a lot of, a lot of the technicians participating, like well done. That's, that's great. And then another thing I noticed that you do that we just did too, is uh, you guys are involved, uh, are big supporters of Alzheimer and the Alzheimer awareness. And so you guys did the walk as well. Our team just did it uh, this past weekend together. So uh, same thing. So kudos to you guys for doing that. I love giving back something that's big to me. So we kind of have that in common. I didn't know that. Yeah. My mother-in-law has been struggling with Alzheimer's for 18 years. She's been in a home for about the last six and that we just, there's all kinds of charities out there, but this one that's near and dear to our hearts and you get involved and you find out how many people are affected by Alzheimer's. Everybody knows somebody. Yeah. And it's brutal because like my wife's uh, mother had the same thing and it's a heartbreaking because yeah. you know, you, you can't do anything about it. You can't there's like, that's just, there's, it's very hard to stop it once it's progressing. And I mean, it's just heartbreaking to go in and, and know that they just don't remember, you know, it's, that's, I felt so, yeah. so bad for my wife in those moments, knowing all the things that we've done and, 
And you just got to know, like, it's not there. It's it's not the reality of the situation. Like, of course, yeah, it's, just, it's not their fault. Exactly, it's not, their, not their, fault. their fault. So, anyways, kudos to you guys for uh, for doing those things. I, I I love that part of it. But I want to jump into the story too for our listeners because right. I always try and like. I get sucked into conversations uh, all the time, but I want to tell the story. And, and again, you know, like you and I were talking pre-podcast, Steve, is you know, a lot of what I try to do, especially like leading up to this particular episode, is I've been sharing things that um, some of the contractors can do regardless of size to make sure they've put themselves in a really good position going into 2024. And, and maybe that's just stay on the course, doing what they've been doing and focusing on doing that even better or doing it really, really well. Kind of like tightening the ship might be, might be a scenario of something that you can do as a contractor, regardless of industry, regardless of size. But there's also things that you can do. Maybe you've not done before. I'm not telling you add another, you know, add another industry. <laughs> I'm not necessarily saying that, but there could be other things that you could do to put yourself out there that maybe you've not done before. There's, there's options is what I'm telling you. But what you can't do is nothing. You got to do something. And so, um, you know, with the big conversation at Home Service Freedom, I got to lead the marketing panel. And I love leading the marketing panel because I love panel diversity. I like people being able to share their opinions. But um, but those opinions better be backed up by facts. And the facts are how did it actually work for a contractor? Because I don't want you going up and sharing your theory. Because if then a contractor follows your theory and it falls flat, well, listen, like, that's not okay, right? Because they're banking on you to give them good information to guide their business. So in this instance, though, what I'd like to have, because you've got tenure and you've been in the industry so long and you've seen some things, uh, is I get to, you kind of get to share a little bit about, you know, your come up into the industry to where Jerry Kelly is today and the success it has today. But then I want to talk through like that path there and then based, you know, like maybe some of the pitfalls that you hit that you learned from the good things, but then also, you know, where's your head at? And what are you preparing for, for 2024? Because, you know, if we call it an unstable market, you call it a recession, you call it the unknown because of the presidential election that's coming up, all the things, um, I'm just curious to know kind of like, where do you sit with that? And like, what are you planning on that? So before we get into that, let's well, go ahead. Well, that's a heck of an yeah, Well, and I'll guide us through it. I'm just trying to let all the right, listeners right. know ahead of time, like these are, this is some of the this stuff I want to hit on. Fun. So let's go ahead and give them a little bit of a, of a history lesson, Steve, on uh, on how you got into the trades and all the way up to where Jerry Kelly is today so they understand the size of your business that you're running. All right, I'll keep it simple. Graduated high school in 1980. Construction was kind of flat. I didn't want to go to college. So I started out as a laborer, uh, did flat work for a while, did roofing for a while. Uh, found out I didn't want to do any of those for long-term, big, back-breaking, strong-guy-type jobs. Uh, looked around the construction site. Electrician looked like a good idea. So I got a job as an electrician. Uh, through 12 years of being an electrician, I wired a bunch of houses, took a bunch of classes to improve myself, motor controls, refrigerant theory. Uh, did pretty well and understood them. And then I met my wife, and we dated for three years. Uh, when we got married in 1994, I moved into the business, started out as a uh, dispatcher, went to service manager. And that was fun because I got my job because I married the boss's daughter, right? <laughs> this guy don't know, this guy don't know nothing about air conditioning. So we had to play a lot of stump the chumps. And I, like I said, I'd taken refrigerant theory. I understood it. So they'd give me a question and I'd come back and I'd diagnose it as a restriction, whatever. They couldn't pull stuff over on me because I just say that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And uh, then I went into sales, sales manager in about 97, 98, the first round of uh, the real consolidation. Uh, my in-laws were talking to them. 
And I had just joined peer group, a mixed group with ACCA. And everything that they said they were going to do for our company is what my mixed group said we could do, should do to grow our company. So I just asked them to give me the chance. And they said, okay. And they made me general manager. That day we announced it. Half our service techs walked into my father-in-law's office and asked him, is this guy really going to be running the place? He said, yeah, he's a country guy, my father-in-law. I reckon he is. (laughs) And they said, all right, we're quitting. Dang. So. uh, Right out of the gate. (laughs) Yeah, best thing that ever happened, though. Stuff like that happens for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, so we just grew from there. We were probably... 1998 million and a half, two million dollars a year. This year we're running 15 and a half million on a uh, trailing 12 months. Nice. And it's uh, it's all. Uh, you got so many questions. I'll just, but that's where we're at right now. Yeah. We're running about 11 percent EBITDA. So we're we're a decent company. We're not the best in the world, but we're we're steady and we're. Yeah. Put up, put up, or shut up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the on the. Last on the running 365, we're up 11 percent. The year before that, we're 9.7 percent. Yeah, well, and so listen, though, and the previous few years, let's be honest, were unicorn years for the trades, right? Like, I, I, I it's easy to lose perspective of yeah. just how amazing those two years were for the trades. Oh, <clears throat> we were the only ones, I was, it was good. Um, it's interesting because I have you know so many people that will reach out to me on the side, whether they're a customer or not to relevant or a listener or not to relevant. It's just, you know, because I'm kind of out in, in the public so much that are always asking me about who should I go and talk to? Should I sell? Should I not sell? I'm like, well, first off, like I'm not the one you need to be asking if you should sell your business or not. If you're asking me, you're already asking or like you're already going about it the wrong way. You need yeah. to make sure that's what you want to do. And then you need to make sure if you, if one, you find the right person, if you're going to stick with it, that who are you going to go with? And is it the right time? I don't know. You tell me like, um, there's windows that open and there'll be more windows that open down the road. Like it's not like we, you notice these same patterns that happen over and over. You mentioned, you know, like the 98, 99 mark. So you hit a recession, you know, and, but these, uh, it, that I'm not the one to answer that question. I can give you suggestions. If you say, Hey, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to doing this. I know it's what I want to do. What's your opinion on X you know, platform or this? I can give you that based on my opinion, based on, if they have any brands within that, you know, those uh, organizations and I have a relationship with them, I could say, Hey, how's it going? I'll give you that feedback based on facts, but it ain't on me, but you know, so, so, but you're in a position where you're still privately held company, like, which seems like a rarity. You know what I mean? I mean, for a company that's even of your size, cause I'll bet you, you're still getting solicited quite a bit. Oh, well, all the time. And I'm not going to say it's off the table, but I, I didn't really understand at the beginning of it, what it was all about. And I had to educate myself it doesn't make sense if you're just a layman looking at oh yeah and all this multiples and money and second bite at the apple if you don't understand what all that means it really goes over your head and it's kind of scary so i'd recommend everybody look into it and figure out what it's all about because regardless of if you're going to sell or not or if it's the right time or not if you don't have a business that's built to sell it's irrelevant right nobody's going to want to pay you for it yep and, and listen like you listen to steve talk it, it, if it, it's not, it's okay. If you don't understand it, like it is sure. confusing, like, and it can be confusing and, and you never know what to believe with what you hear. And people love to inflate their numbers, you know, and like, and that can lead you down a wrong path, you know, and, and you'll hear a multiple is this or multiple of that. Just ask the questions, man. There's plenty of people out there that can help kind of bring you some truth to it. But well, if you don't, if you don't want to ask the questions, there's a book, the private equity playbook. 
by Adam Coffey. I got turned on to it by uh, a good friend of mine, and it, it it's easy to understand. It's written at that high school graduate level. I understood what they were saying, and it made, you know, read through it a couple times. You might get your, wrap your arms around it. Now you got, well, one, actually, before I go any further too, was that, thanks for sharing that. So that's, I mean, anything like that you can reference. Plus we've done like, a, I don't even know how many different podcast episodes I've done specifically on that and brought people on to yeah. talk about the different you know ways you can go well, about Ken it. Goodrich. How many times has Ken been on? I mean, Ken's been on 152 times out of 300 episodes. <laughs> 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 hey, by the way, before I forget, congratulations on your HVAC Hall of Fame induction from the Contracting well, Business Magazine, man. That was very cool. That it, it was awesome. I it was completely unexpected, and I'm just honored that they thought I've done enough over. Well, when they call it lifetime, that's kind of a perspective gathering <laughs> point. But I, I'm still honored anyway. It was it was a neat thing. Well, so um, you know the one of the conversations I was just having earlier today uh, in a text message group with some of my buddies is, um, you know, we always hold each other um, accountable for performance. You know, and and, and by the way. I encourage you to find a good group of people to that you can connect with. Like Steve was talking about a peer group early on from ACA. Um, find people who will hold you accountable that won't just be like, yes, man, or, uh, you know, or, you know, say yes to you or just agree with you. Find people that will, that are okay with hurting your feelings a little bit, but by, by giving you some truth, it's so necessary to have that, but also that you can trust that you can bounce ideas and things off of. And when you get in a time that's uh, you're struggling, man, that group is like, so critical for you to have because they understand you're where you're at. They understand the industry. They understand the business. They per, you know, perhaps they've been through it, but find yourself a group. So I have one of those. hundred percent, hundred percent, you know, and, and, and this year has been, this year has been hard. Like I have nearly 700 contractors as customers. Like if you imagine it's hard for you, I've got a lot to manage. I'm so grateful that I've been in this industry now going on 16 years of doing exactly this and helping contractors grow that um, I went through the 08. I mean, I started the business in 08, 09. Like I went into it in that time. Oh baby. But you know, what was interesting about that and why it actually worked out so well, Steve is because when we get in those situations where there's a recession or something like that happens in the market, there's some of those that just crumble, you know, that, that don't do anything and they're, they're fearful and they just crumble and the business doesn't make it. And that will happen. And it's already happening. You're seeing some of those things happening now because you're not making some sort of a move. But there's also the others that know like, I got to do something, something different. And by the way, internet marketing was still really, really new at that point in time. And I'm a Midwesterner, right? So I started the business in Indiana and, and the things get a little bit slower coming in towards the Midwest and so the reason it worked out so well for me is people were willing to take a chance on something that was scary before to them. They didn't understand. And so it actually helped me launch the business. It just so happened that I got sucked into HVAC really early with Carrier Corporation, Carrier and Bryant. And now here I am doing the same shit 16 years later. <laughs> uh, this is a uh, very incestuous industry. Once people get sucked in, they never leave. But change, check the name tag. They're probably working for somebody else. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, here's where I was going down with that. Okay, so um, I'm very grateful um, to to have a, a, a influence in the industry, but based on my reputation and experience, I, I get I'm grateful I get to use this platform to share those things. Um, but I want to get yours. So has this year been easy for Jerry Kelly? No, it's been hard. I, it's been super hard. It's been super hard, so, and it, 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 it's. I want people to think about where we're really at. Unemployment's down low. 
I mean, they're talking about inflation, but I mean, we, we're seeing positive growth. Nobody's out of work. There's a lot of head trash out there that I think stops owners, techs, salespeople from closing deals. I think that we create a lot of these problems ourselves. We try and convince them to make a $1,000 repair instead of putting in a new unit when really the new unit would be in their best interest. But that's our own head trash. It's a six-inch problem right between the ears. Yep. And I just, it, we're growing. Are we growing as fast as I'd like? No, but we're growing. And our biggest problem this year has been finding the right people. There's a lot of people. We we run interviews all the time. We hire maybe two or three percent. I mean, you, you have to kiss a lot of frogs. Yeah. But uh, you know, I think it's mostly. Do are people cautious? Yeah, you've got to provide value. If you're not out there servicing them and giving them a value, they're not going to buy from you. But you've got to provide the value. But if you do, people will spend money. Yeah, and and, and um, that's a big deal, right? Because sometimes what happens is when we get in our own head, like you're saying. You're trying to spend the homeowner's money for them versus doing what's actually right for them. And that's kind of what you're talking about. It's like we psych ourselves out. We believe our own lie. Yeah. I've got a technician driving a 72 Ford, four by four, three quarter ton, some antique he bought down in Oklahoma, but he drives it. It's his everyday drive. You can't convince him that he needs a new truck. How's he going to convince somebody that they need to replace their air conditioner? I can fix it, man. I can fix it. <laughs> I can fix it. <laughs> well, so, and you also mentioned one other thing I want to hit on. Um, I don't know if you if you noticed this there or not too. And you're in one of those markets that's like a true four season market um, in St. Louis. But uh, recruiting is starting to get a little bit weird. And by the way, the people that are actively looking are popping out the people that you want. You know, it's trying to find the people. You know, like that. Some of that is happening more now because of all the consolidations. Like we are certainly seeing that. You know, where people are like, whoever the, they don't want to work for the consolidator. So we are starting to get seeing you know seeing some solid talent that is actively looking, but that's not normally been the case. If somebody's looking, it's probably not the person that you, you want. There's probably, there's a reason that they're looking. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. We generally speaking, we hire people from outside the industry that are looking for a change and uh, we've been pretty successful at it. We've got a pretty con consolidated uh, training program. You mentioned Jimmy Hiller. He's got uh was it build a tech or whatever down in Nashville? Yep. It's a great program. You can get somebody uh, competent to do cleaning checks in a relatively short period of time. But you got to have a you got to have a system. You got to have a process for doing that. Because yeah, you're right. Most of the guys that are on the street that have experience, fifteen years experience or one year experience, fifteen times. Yeah, it's uh, they're usually on the street for a reason, especially now. Exactly. What what did you, what would you think? I mean, it is. What do you think has been like the biggest struggle this year? Like, I mean, I know that you, you and I were talking again pre-podcast on how, you know, you refuse to, you know, really acknowledge, you know, a recession, right. Or, or an unstable market. And, and I do believe in that too, by the way, you know, and my, and, you know, my good buddy, Chad Peterman, you know, I did the, at ACA, I did a panel with him and we talked about this. He said the exact same thing. Maybe he stole that from you. Um, uh, I, I said it back in 07, 08 to my wife. She goes, what are you talking about? I go, we're not going to participate. How can you say that? I just did. Don't you hear? Yeah, they got a little smart-assy brief. But, uh, but what we did, and you kind of had brushed upon it, but everybody, all the home builders, everybody was bailing out of media. All of a sudden, media is panicking. So I went to them, and I threatened to pull out. They gave me a hell of a deal, so I bought more. I mean, it's, just, it's the same thing now. And it, we, we basically, I don't know, 
we didn't quite double our marketing budget but back then, but we probably got quadrupled to buy just because of what was just empty spaces out there. Because and you got to do the same thing. You got to go. And I, I don't say you're not going to participate. You have to actively participate. Right. You got to get, you got to get pissed, and you got to fight. But you, you got to have a plan too. You can't just say, "Woe is me. The economy sucks. I guess I'm just going to go down the toilet with everybody." Yeah. Uh, well, and in, in I, I mean. You mean, you know, Goodrich and like, if, if you ask him this conversation and, and it's hard to like, because he, where he's been and what he's accomplished, it's very, very difficult for the majority to, uh, to relate, right? It's easy for him to say, well, that's when I'm going to take everybody's business because, you know, I, I'll just quadruple down. And, and, I, and a lot of that's true though, right? Because if you think about this, what typically happens in times like right now, and I'm going to give you a little bit of my, of what I, what I believe from just this year as an example, but most people, it, it, you know, that you get scared about what's happening and you, there's the oh. unknown. And then, so what, what do we do? We retract, like we're looking for places to save and we, everybody knows when business slows down, it's marketing's fault. So of course we pull back on, on marketing. That's like what. Well, that's the biggest, easiest expense. Look at that big line at 10%. Holy crap. You know how much money we'd make if we didn't spend that? <laughs> of course. And then you're like, oh shit, where are the, where are the new business coming mm -hmm. from? I cut my mark. It's like, you know, you, you but the, those that I've noticed, and, and this is where I'm very grateful to have been in this situation. And I'll use the COVID as an example because um, this happened then too. In that, in that March of 2020, like we all were kind of wondering what the hell was going on, no matter what situation or what your skill set is or what recessions you've been through previously, that was something none of us had been through unless you went through the plague. And I don't think anybody else been through the plague that was, you know, and still in business today. But once we learned and got comfortable with like, oh, okay, this is the situation, uh, the majority of all your competitors are scared and pulling back because we're like hoarding stuff. We don't know what the hell is going on. What happened is our most successful customers, and I think this is bef right before you even you even came on board as a customer yep. with us, <clears throat> is we were going and saying, oh, people are going to be home. Let's double down. Like, let's go across all the account managers and start saying, hey, let's start doubling down because we'll throw on the little, you know, the little badge that says, you know, no, no contact service calls and like all this stuff to help with protection, but let's double down because so many pulled back and it was so incredibly successful. So, but I'm a big believer because to your point, like you're just saying, Steve, is in those moments, like clockwork, no matter what year it is, at least any time in, in our time frame of being in businesses, the majority of your competitors pull back. They pull back and then you can go for it. So if you start to double down on it, if you have the right staffing to support it, of course, but if you double down on it, you will take market share from people. Like that is what's going to happen if you do it. It's scary. But well, but, but, and also... And this will get back to something you, you know, if we talk about helping other people out, you need to know your numbers. You need to be profitable because you need to have that bankroll ready to pull the trigger on. Because if you need, if you, if an investment opportunity comes across your path, you, you better have the revenue to be able to jump on it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying like willy nilly throw some shit at the wall and hope it sticks, no, you know, no. but, but you're right. You, you have to know your numbers and, and, and um, you know, when we were at the Home Service Freedom event, I talked about this specifically because I'm a big fan of knowing exactly what's coming in every month. It's like, so for instance, for the listeners, you know, Steve is Steve is a customer of Rhinos. Uh, at any point in time, what what he can do is log into a reporting dashboard and we know every single lead that came in. And I'm talking net new business, like a new bookable service or install lead, because that's what we determine a lead. That is what a lead is, by the way. 
and I need to know what was the cost per lead. And then Steven wants to know not only what did we pay for, but how did his team perform on it? What was the booking rate? And then ultimately did it close? What's the revenue? Like the whole thing. If you know those things for a fact and don't have to guess on it, yes, you can make a decision to be heavier on marketing because you know, you know, you know what you've got, you know exactly what's coming in from it. It's easier to make the decision that way. The unfortunate part is most of you, even you listening right now, do not realistically know that number or to know those metrics. And yeah, close. It's a blessing because there's so much information coming from so many different directions. It's hard to make sense of it all. Even tracking numbers. We got people calling in on tracking numbers. We haven't used for 10 years. Yeah, I mean, it, but it, but you got to be able to decipher it. And yeah, the Rhinos is a great platform because it, it went right through that chain to us. Yeah, and, and the good news about this is like, if they come into the site, I don't care how they come in through it, you know. And this is why the team is so damn big here because um, I'm trying to keep it, you know, keep us both accountable, right? Because if if my really my only job is to bring in new business, I still have to track it to make sure did we or did we not do a good job. The odds We're of us the right customers, yeah. And, but, but you also have to know, like, if you know, how does your brand play into this in, in the yeah. market? <clears throat> if you have shitty brand equity, then yeah, you really better keep track of your numbers because otherwise you can blow a ton of money and you would rent, went and ran a maintenance call, you know? So you, you have to pay attention to the numbers to be able to do these things. So, so maybe one of your takeaways is, Hey, I don't do anything with marketing. I'm just going to sit and focus on getting that, <clears throat> excuse me, that dialed in, like what is going on internally. So that's one thing that you can do. And the uh, least expensive takeaway is don't cut back on your marketing. Whatever you've got planned, keep it up. Don't stop. Yep. I love that. You can yell that one as many times as you'd like, but do it smart. Like, you know, Steve's talking about call tracking numbers. They're very inexpensive. If you just have a call tracking number on whatever marketing material you're using, if it's a, if it's a direct mail piece going to a home, you need to know exactly what calls came from it and you need to know exactly what happened with it. You can do these things with a call tracking number and a human being to listen to it. I mean, shit, AI can listen to it for you right now and get you close enough. Oh, with the technology, they can get a QR code and go directly and book on your website. Absolutely. I mean, if you, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, you the, can. And that's where everything's going. AI is going to take over the customer service part of this business, I predict. SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Yeah, and it's it's uh, incredible. I don't know if you heard like, you know, one of the guys talking at the conference about what AI, how they're using AI to listen to like the, you know, the sales team or the technicians or people at the home to gather the information. It's crazy. I mean, I have millions and millions of minutes of conversations between consumer and, you know, and contractor that I currently, you know, I'm evaluating to see like how, what about, how can I use artificial intelligence to help make us better based on these? Like it's cool. St- I like it, but it is scary. Same time. It is. It is. But, it is. But it it it's got it's it's happening. So it's not right or wrong, but it it is and it will be. So we need to adapt one way or the other. Otherwise, we fall into the same pattern of like, oh, you know, it's coming, but like, is it when's how when's, when's, it's the early adopters that start to win these games. That's oh, how it's worked to. out forever, right? I mean, we use Service Titan. You said you're having R to your uh, the Rhino X, right? Uh, they're coming out. They're they're starting on the AI path. Well, 
yeah, I want to be in on the beta of that. I want to know how it works. I want to get my head hands around it, and I want to apply it because I'll tell you what, you get it working, it's amazing. It works very efficiently, and it doesn't – in scheduling calls, oh, Mike deserves a call. You know, or, you know, No, he doesn't. He doesn't sell anything. We got to give that to somebody that sells something so we got other people work. Oh, well, you know, he's a nice guy. Yeah, he is, but no. And AI doesn't have those uh, proclivities. Right. And you know what? And you mentioned that too. And I heard this conversation the other day. I'm going to totally derail for a second, but, um, and it was around like payment plans. Um, you know, I heard this from stage and I don't remember who the heck I heard it from, but it was around coming up with good creative payment plans to help, you know, you, you can use AI in a way as a coaching tool to make them better by hearing the, you know, the, the, the sales process. Um, so that's one way you can like use for coaching tools or education, but payment plans is like, I keep hearing these, uh, different payment plan options and things like that. Do, do you guys use that as a way to try and recruit talent with a better payment plan or a simplified payment plan? Like, cause sometimes some of these payment plans are complicated. Like you don't even know what the hell you're getting paid cause you can't even figure out your own payment plan. But like, do you guys have something that you use to, as a recruiting tool or like do you use that simplifies it to make it easy? Uh, what we use is the recruiting tools. Everybody's uh, W-2s are just with the names blanked out to show how much they can make. But no, I, I listen to, uh, <laughs> yeah, I listen to the speakers at home service. Uh, uh, 20, what, what is that? It's on their thing there. Home service uh, home freedom. freedom. That, that was an amazing, that was an amazing presentation. Tommy really did a great job on that. But uh, yeah, I listened to Ishmael. And, uh, yeah. That's right. It, it was he, Ishmael. I was just talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. You, he he so hit the nail on the head. We we go out of our way to make these things so difficult and you gotta make it simple. So that's like one of my take homes from the home service freedom convention is make it simple. Yeah. Um I, I that's who it was. I should have known that because I know I've heard him talk about that before. Um and he's always kind of like sometimes what works in LA might not work all over the United States of America, but the simplicity part of it actually, you know, you can make a lot yeah. of sense of. Yeah. Um, so I want to ask a couple, just a, a, another quick question on, um, you know, as, as much of a, you know, as a, of a challenging year, this is, has been, um, what are some, like, what are some big, you know, what are some big wins that you, that you've had this year or that you've recognized through some of these things? Like, what are some big wins that, that Jerry Kelly has recognized and, or you personally, Steve? Uh, I'm going to go personally first, my family. I mean, I've got a great wife, two great kids, both in their, uh, early to mid twenties and being successful. I I'm blessed. I can't say anything more about that. And then our team here, Jerry Kelly's a close second, they all provide, perform duties that are essential. I mean, literally essential. You want to talk about COVID and essential. Every one of them has their job because the duty they perform is essential for us to provide the service that we provide for our customers. We're not the low cost provider, but we do go out of our way to try and do it at a level far and exceeding what other guys deliver. So those are my two biggest successes, being able to build a team like that that can do $15.5 million. And uh, it, it's organizational skills. They all, they're, they're great. How, how do you keep everybody like rah-rah go, like with the culture around there too, even when it's like the market's wonky like this? I saw a movie about with Matthew McConaughey the other night about uh, American submarine guys that captured a, uh, a German U-boat. And the uh, skipper died. Now Matthew McConaughey, he's the captain. He said in front of everybody, I don't know either. And later on, the chief came up to him, this, you know, old grizzled old guy goes, if you ever say that you don't know again in front of my men, I'll never serve for you again. <laughs> However, 
if you show the confidence and say you know what's going to happen, even if you don't and you follow it through, I'll follow you to the ends of the earth. So that's kind of the way I think you got to go into this. You, you've got to believe it yourself first, then it just kind of flows from there. And then I've got Shelly, my general manager. I mean, talk about a dynamo, dynamo. You probably met her, but she's all about keeping everybody engaged and hyped up. Then Bethany in our marketing department, where uh, managers are cooking breakfast for the whole team this Thursday. And then we're going to have a, a whole company meeting. So just stuff like that. Just yeah, trying. It's my team more than me, but they direct me where I need to go. Yeah, you mentioned the breakfast thing. Like, I want to. Was it Ishmael again that said the same thing? Like, hey, cook breakfast for your people. I've actually know quite yep. a few people that are doing that, and it seems so simple and almost even like, oh, well, that's kind of silly. No, it's actually not silly. It actually really, really yeah. kicks the day off right, you know, um, and it kind of gets everybody. You, you feel good. They, they made breakfast for you. That's a bigger deal than you think it is. But those little, all those little things add up. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's the way. They look at your example. They look at your leadership team's example. If the leadership team's panicking, they're going to be scared. Just like if you're on a submarine, if the captain's scared, holy cow, I ought to be really scared because I don't know what's going on. Man, so, I don't want to be on a submarine with the captain scared. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> because that's going to be a shitty situation. Right? Then the six inches, I might I might have some problems thinking through that between the ears on how I'm going to, how I'm going to make it out of there. Um, I will say this, you know, uh, something that you could potentially take away and, and we're going into this phase now at Rhino and we do this every single year, um, is you can get your team, you can get your team involved, you know, in trying to find, like, maybe you say, Hey, I don't, I don't know, or whatever. You don't say that, but maybe what you can do is get them involved in, uh, we do an exercise called right, wrong, missing, confusing every single year. And it can be brutal as the leader in the business, because what you're doing is putting it out anonymously to all of your employees to say, Hey, what do we do right at the company? What do we do wrong at the company? What is confusing about this company and or your job? Um, and what's missing? And so it's an anonymous thing. So we send it out to everybody. And then what uh, we do as a leadership team or an executive team is we come up with our own list and then we marry the two together to see, are we aligned or are we not aligned on the things? But it allows you as the leader in your company, or if you're listening and you're a technician, because we have lots of technicians and installers and things like that are listening, is it gives you a voice. Um, and it's something, it's a suggestion that you can make. Steve, it's brutal to go through that because, you know, inevitably you got somebody oh, yeah. don't, that don't like you, um, which is crazy, um, or, or doesn't like the way you do something maybe instead, you know, or doesn't like the way the company does something. And, and you got to keep in mind, they don't like it based on what they know. And they're, they're not factoring in all the things that make X, Y, C decision, but at least you get to know kind of where people stand, but it allows them to feel like they're participating, you know, and they are participating by offering up their opinion. And if you start to see, you know, enough people who are saying the same thing, well, then maybe there's something to it. Like we need to look into those things, but then it kind of makes it a collaborative environment. Now, ultimately you make the decision, right? But you need to understand because oh, yeah. people don't want to tell you to your face. You know, but if you make it, and we, and we do the, uh, what the, the employee net promoter scores, we do those. MPS, actually, yeah. I'd like to do them more often, but the marketing department says no. So we do it. Yeah. But yeah, it's important to get that feedback and it can burn. And there's some things that obviously I failed at as a leader. If they don't understand the why of why we're doing it a certain reason, a certain way, because there's things we do and we do them a certain way for a reason. And if I haven't explained that to them, shame on me. Yeah. Great call. Well, okay, so I got totally derailed again. Um, I'm I'm going to pivot back to to um, 
um, seasonal promotions and things like that. Oh, okay. So, so um, because I want to try and give them some, also some good takeaways that they, maybe they could go back and implement from a marketing perspective or, or from a whatever perspective to kind of help them. Um, whether it be for the end of this year, because we've got, you know, Thanksgiving right around the corner uh, when this episode, when this airs and also, uh, you know, Christmas coming up on new year's coming up or whatever, like a lot of stuff happening is, um, promos. Uh, so one of my good buddies, Chad, um, runs this free furnace promo and it works well for me, swears by it. And, uh, and it does work very well for him because seen it work well. Um, and, but you know, in different markets, people are using different promotions and, and whether you're in HVAC or plumbing or electrical or whatever, you probably know like a handful of them that most people are putting out there. But does Jerry Kelly, you, like I said, cause you're in a true like four season market, you know, you've got the, you get, you get a, a winter, spring and a summer and a fall in Arizona. We get summer and basically spring. <laughs> like we don't really get winters per se, but do you yeah, have like some, hot, really hot. yeah, that's pretty much what it is. But do you have like any, is there any um, seasonal offers that are like your go-tos like, Hey, these are the things that we know work well for us. And by the way, like when he gives these, obviously you have to have different processes in place to make them work, but to get, you know, to set the hook or things that work well, do you have some of those in place that you guys are, that are your go-to? Our number one go-to is just maintenance. Let's get inside the customer's house, target the home on age, and chances are they haven't had any maintenance done to it for 15 or 20 years and find things wrong with it and, and go from there. Either get them as a, an agreement customer, sell them some replacements or upgrades to get it modernized or replace the system. Those are the number one go-tos. We do uh, instant cash rebates. We, we had really good success with the free furnace offer also 20 years ago. And then it, it kind of died off on the response rate. Uh, so we'll do a, uh, a buyback letter, I think it's called, where we offered, uh, you know, between the financing, rebates, the manufacturer's rebates, and give them a number. But, yeah, the direct mail uh, responses, uh, and I'm going to go contrarian on this, on the uh, for selling whole systems generally don't seem to work. We are one of the higher-priced providers, and if they're in that, Oh, well, let's get them out here too to look at pricing. It's a tough sell. We do, we will close 30% of them, but it's still a lot of effort to get a close on them. Whereas if we can get in there on maintenance, be the only people there, find a problem they didn't know they had, uh, there's almost no competition for those leads. Yeah. And really what you got to do when you go on a maintenance lead, because it's really a, uh, potentially you could have paid a decent chunk for that lead. You get in the home, you got to really, you got to really get the, uh, the customer service at like a all time high, like you have to just wow them and it's got to be great. And cause you're trying to win the home. You're just trying to get in the house. Well, you got in the house, you got in the house, by the way, that's only 50% of the job. Like you, now you gotta do the hard part. The hardest part well, is now getting and, and you gotta have the technology. I'm sorry. We've got the technology available that we run the system and we've got to print out on exactly how it's performing. And uh, I mean, with the, with today's technology, you can predict failures of igniters, flame sensors, capacitors, contactors, if you got any of them showing weak motors, I mean, there's the technology and it, it allows the customer to have these reports and show them exactly how their system's doing. And that starts the conversation of repair or replacement. Yeah. I mean, and that's a perfect thing. Like, that's why, you know, I don't know if you, how much you went down the path of the smartac.com stuff. Like I got, I, like Goodrich is one told me about it originally, but it does, like it allows us to, you know, it, by putting that thing into the, you know, uh, it, when you do it, it's basically a DIY. You could be a DIY, but it allows you to understand there's a problem or you the contractor to understand that there's a problem for the homeowner might even know that there's a problem for you to go and fixing. So yes, there's a lot of options that can help, you know, do these things for you right. and, and speed the service is like still one of the biggest like wins that you can get. Who can, Absolutely. 
Um, but, but for you as a contractor, having things like that allow you to be even better. So what I'm saying is you get in the house, man, customer service has got to be on point when you're going for those maintenance leads. Oh, okay. Let's, let's start. Smell good. Have a clean shirt on. Wear a uniform. <laughs> uh, come on. Let's get to the basics, guys. Yeah. I mean, you, you've learned everything in kindergarten. You need to know to make a good impression. Let's do it. So, so, I mean, the basics, that sounds silly, but just think about that. Like the basics. So, um, you know, appearance matters. Like when, you know, it, when you see oh. someone, you know, we're already prejudging people that listen, how many of you listening right now? And even you, Steve, like, this is one thing that my wife and I talk about is when you're going to meet somebody face to face, even if it's the homeowner, we're thinking like 15 things before we ever shake their hand. We see them, we think of what we, how they visually look, which is why when you shake somebody's hand, and they tell you that your name for the first time, you don't remember it, right? Because you're thinking about all this other stuff. You can't remember their name at the same time. So you have to be intentional about remembering their name. But appearance matters. What you wear matters. And they're already judging you, like it or not, one way or the other, based upon how you look. That's just unfortunately how the human being is wired. How does your truck look? Yeah, yeah. How do you, yeah, it all matters. It all matters. Yeah, and we and it's easy to say, oh, I'm not going to wash my truck today, you know. And if you live in like the you know, Midwest where, you know, the weather, especially if there's snow and like your truck is nasty and things like all this stuff matters. Like you might be like, eh, it's not that big of a deal. I'm telling you, especially right now, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And my, I'll tell you, my most successful tax, well into six figure earning, uh, they all carry a spare shirt or two in case they do get dirty. They know. They know it affects their ability to make money if they're not looking good and feeling fresh you mean they didn't just get lucky steve that <laughs> uh, may not work in your market but <laughs> now I'm, I'm gonna pivot one more time too before i go into kind of what you guys are gonna be focused on going for 2024 and it's around like the uh because again i'm trying always trying to find alternative ways that i haven't I, I i don't have, get to do this but i can at least create some awareness around it is you had mentioned you're trying to get with uh, maybe the OEM, or your manufacturer or your suppliers or whatever. And and there are some levers that you can pull. And, and more often than not, some of the smaller companies um, are thinking, I'm too small. I don't have any leverage. You know, I'm not going to bother going and trying to renegotiate pricing points and things like that. And maybe you don't. Maybe you don't have any leverage, right? But um, but have you asked? You know, if you come to them with the gain, with the, like a business plan that says, hey, I'm going to reach X this year. Uh, here's how I'm doing it. Um, knowing I'm going to hit X, will you give me Y? You know, like there are things that you can do, you know, to, to you know, to do some negotiations. By the way, the manufacturers love when I bring this up on the podcast. Um, and yeah. no, <laughs> but, I bet they do. <laughs> Notice, well, you go, if you got a good distributor, you do all your business with them or most of your business with them negotiate you can get a rebate from them too they may they're not they're going to have to make their money but you won't have your service manager giving away your volume discount because the price was two bucks cheaper than it should have been have him give you the rebate on the back end on any discounts you might have tell just be fair keep me within a percent or two of everybody else's prices and i'll continue to buy from you and at the end of the quarter give me a, a percentage back right and guess what don't be an asshole when you're doing it like be nice about it, right? Like you, you know when you need to be a little bit stern, but don't be an asshole. Like oh, we, everybody's got to win. I mean, that's a, it, it's got to be a relationship that works for everybody. We couldn't do business without our local Johnstone suppliers. Now, I'll give them a plug here. Sure. Mm-hmm. Asset, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I mean, because the local group here, and they're all individually owned, so you, your experience may vary. But they open. Uh, we're open seven days a week. They'll open up on Sundays for us to get equipment for same day installs. I mean, we've got a plan set up. We had to let them know.
know. We couldn't be assholes about it. But we've got a plan set up where we can get whatever we need on Sundays or any day because they're willing to work with us on the commitment. We give them our business. Yeah. I mean, you have to have those good relationships. Like, listen, it makes it so much better for me when I know like, hey, it's hard. I understand overall demand you know, is down. Um, what else are we doing or what else can we do to, to pivot and help or what else can we try? Okay. Like I really want to help somebody because I'm like, okay, you know, I, I can, cause I don't know all, I don't know all of our customers. Like there's no, I can't know all of our customers, but people will still reach out to me individually and ask me for help. If somebody's reaching out to me or reaching out to one of my account managers and like, they're just saying, Oh, you guys suck. You're doing this. Well, like it's 70 degrees out. What, what do you want me to do? Like, and it may, does that make them feel warm and fuzzy? And be like, Oh man, I can't really can't wait to help this person. No. You know, they're human beings. They have, you know, like they didn't come in here today thinking, you know, I'm going to do a really bad job for them. So exactly. Same thing with manufacturers, you know, like if, you know, when we went through the whole COVID thing too, and there's a shortage on equipment and all that stuff, like, what are you going to do? Being an asshole is not going to help you. Like, so just be nice, man. Work. People, people want to work with people they want to work with, you know, and like you, they'll open up for you on Sunday. Well, that helps you, right? Because you know, they're kind of willing to bend over for you, but you're also loyal back to them. You know, so exactly. it goes both exactly. ways. Well, and, and if you, you know, there's other perks to working with them and being friendly. I mean, with AI and technology, streamlining, RFID, we're running an experimental program, program uh, stocking all our trucks with RFID parts. So they pull in, wave the wand, know exactly what's missing, replace it, we're in and out. I mean, just stuff like that. If you're good to your distributors, you can get in on the ground level. And I'll tell you what. Take advantage of any technological advances you can and get in on the ground floor so you understand how it works. Yeah, because efficiency, Matt, if you're not selling something, then you better be efficient, right? Like you can save on both ends of these things and efficiency is a big deal. That's kind of what you're talking about is, um, but then they also bring these things to you too as an option too. And by the way, sometimes it's it's easier to beta test things on smaller, uh, smaller contractors too because there's less risk involved to it. So- just keep that in mind, by the way. Um, but but nobody's going to bring that to you if you're being an asshole to them. So, like, you know, yeah, make sure and, you have a good working relationship. And go with an open mind. Ask them what's coming up. Ask them what they're thinking. How can you help? Because it, it uh, our local Johnstone guys now got a uh, RFID. You get a, a pass card to get in. They got all the parts out there. You grab it. You walk out the door. It bills you. Boom. In and out. Point out, point of sale. So it's neat. It, it, for after hours, guys that need a motor or something, it's it's forward thinking and that's the kind of people I like to be associated with. Yeah, that's great. So, um, all of that stuff adds up. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like sometimes, th- or maybe the position that you're in right now is just stop, focus on all the things you've got going right now and start like making sure you're paying attention to your CSRs, making sure you're paying to your, that your after hours answering services or overflow answering services aren't, you know, sucking at taking the call volumes. And if they are maybe stop until you get that squared away. Um, but maybe it is uh, leadership training. Like you need to make sure you have some people start to, you know, think like a leader because by the way, not everybody just has that, has that skill. Like sometimes good managers uh, aren't great leaders or good leaders aren't great managers. Like I suck at managing people. It's not a secret around here. And it's not because I don't care about them. It's just that I lack the focus that they need and that they deserve to get X, Y, Z done. Um, 100%, that's why I'm showing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, but, um, but focus on all the little things, you know, that can make the business better, starting to pay attention to, 
I'm spending X, what am I getting in return for that? And is that legit a brand new customer? I'm spending X, I got a new customer. How did you know, Bill perform on this? Or how did Susie perform on this? Like focusing on the things that you can control uh, might be what your plan is for 2024, or at least maybe for the first you know, two quarters of it or whatever before you go into summer, but do something. So, so going, into, um, going into 2024, I'm assuming you've already thought about this ahead of time, like uh, most great contractors do, but you have to, you know, have start to have your plan in, in place and at least your goals in place and, and maybe not necessarily finish, but you've already, you're down the path. Um, yeah. What are you guys focused on at Jerry Kelly going into 2024? Like, do you have a battle plan that you're ready to go, that you're going in with next year? Oh, absolutely. It, I mean, our, the, the sales and marketing plan are big parts of it and you've got to know, what what is your target every month uh you've got to know what your budget is and it's not going to be 10 percent increase over last year if that's what you're looking for 10 percent growth because you don't do the same percentage of work in every month so there's a little there's a little algebra involved not too much but yeah just know where you're going and then i break it down to the day i know how much we've got to make every day in re- gross revenue to hit our target if we don't we got to start looking at it right away because if you wait till the end of the month to figure out why you're not hitting your, your daily budget that you're about a month too late. Yeah. And, and you can do that regardless of size of business, right? Oh, you have to. And it's easier with a small business to get in the habit. And then it's just so much easier. And then, because if you try and do this to a three or million, two or $3 million company, like I had to, when I took over and the technology wasn't there to give me real time numbers of the revenue. I mean, that's so much of that has just become available in the last few years that has changed the whole dynamic of running the business. Yeah. You have to know, you have to know your numbers. And by the way, like maybe Steve's good at it because he understands it and maybe you as a contractor don't, and that's okay. You got to find somebody that does get it. And, and there's like, you can part-time somebody there's, there's part-time, oh, you yeah. know, there's all kinds of options that you can get for somebody to help you get those numbers. I promise you, what you think you're saving and not using that person is a massive mistake. Would you agree, Steve? Uh, yeah. As uh, Tommy Mello would say, it's an investment. It's not an expense. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, don't screw around with the numbers. Get them right. You, all you need to know is basic math, addition and subtraction to understand most of your financials. That's not to compile. You need somebody with an accounting background to compile them. But once they're put together, you ought to be able to read them with simple addition and subtraction once you know what you're looking for. Yep. I mean, a part-time person can help you. I promise you, you can Google it and find somebody. You can probably ask another, a few other businesses. If you have your peer group that I was telling you to get involved in or your friends, somebody's going to be able to find you one, no problem. Um, so, you know, 2024, uh, going to be an interesting uh, year. Um, I'm assuming we'll see a decent amount of consolidations again, just because some of these businesses won't take action, right? Like it will happen. Um, but I will say, um, to, to kind of close this thing out, cause we're like an hour into this thing already. Uh, <laughs> I told you, man, like once you kind of get into a, a conversation about it, it freaking flies by. Um, but you know, where you're at right now, Steve is, is significantly closer to where the majority of the listeners are trying to get to, you know, I'm gonna talk of like the different steps. You've got the one main, the three main, the five, the eight, the 10, the 12, like the 15s, the 20s, whatever. Um, on the path, but you're in a position that's that's far more in reach and understandable um, than some of my bigger player uh, customers or friends or buddies or whoever I've had on this podcast. You know what I'm saying? So, so I so I really think that your um, opinion and influence carries a ton of weight to the majority Thank of you. our listeners. So, so to give them, you know, to give those contractors that are smaller than you some some advice, 
you know, going into 2024 and it could be a single thing. It could be a couple different things, but like give them some sounded, some sound. I mean, you've been through it. So, you know, kind of what these guys are facing. You've been through some challenging times. Um, you know, you, you, it's not like you came in and said, Hey, I'm a, you know, a $30 million, but you told us where you're at. Exactly. Um, you're in a good market. You've been through some things. Give these folks some advice on, hey, if you only focus on X or Y or X, Y, and Z going into 2024, like just give them advice, man. Like let them know what you, like what they should be thinking about. No, and I I get back to knowing your numbers, but knowing your price, you've got to price properly. If you're not priced properly, if you don't know where you're, where you want to be and how much profit you want to make, uh, Multiplying by 1.5 does not give you a 50% gross margin. I mean, it's just simple stuff like that. You, you need to price properly. You need to know what your true cost of doing business is. What is your overhead? What's your cost of goods sold? So you can make real decisions. And then you may, on the flip side of that, once you find out that you're paying yourself two bucks an hour, have to raise your prices. And then you've got to go through the struggle of, okay, now how do we increase the value? And it, it's kind of a spiral, but you've got to increase the value to justify the price, but you deserve to make the money you, that you earn. You just have to be able to price properly for it. Yeah. And I, I think you, you probably noticed this and maybe you've even experienced this before is, you know, if, if you're not the, uh, if it's a good, better, best option in a market, you're the, and you're the best option, meaning you're not the cheapest option. You're not even like, you know, you're a, you're a high value option. Um, it can be scary to adjust your price points because you're immediately thinking, Oh, I'm not going to make any sales. Like I raised my prices. Now I priced myself out. Uh, nine times out of 10, you're, you're wrong. You, you can do these things. You hear everybody talking about it. It's the value that you're bringing to be able to justify the expense of whatever it is that you're, that, that you're you know offering to the homeowner. But you don't, and you've you have to adopt a professional sales process. You're a sales organization you've got to be able to sell. And it just can't be the, you know, if you're an order taker, the customer says, well, really? No, no, seriously. I've asked you four times, how much for a new one? And you finally break down and give them the price of a new one. That's not a sales organization. That's good. That's good. So, you know, even he actually, uh, he gave you a few things in there that you can, that you can focus on. And we actually talked about quite a few things that you can, that you can focus on. And again, um, this is irrelevant of size. He's talking about, processes this the last one just being the sales process you know in 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 the sales process recognizing do we need to do some more sales training the answer is uh, you should be doing sales training frequently uh all the time all the time um there should be technical training going on you know often so uh, but just do something right like costs money that costs money i can't do that chris that costs too much yep and then guess what then they get bought because the business goes out goes down but that's what I'm talking about. Everyone gets, you know, analysis paralysis. I have all this shit I need to do or all these things I need to be focusing on. And then like I, I you know, preach this uh, every place I speak is that these people go, you know, and, and, and with, with good intention, by the way, like good intention to go and learn the things. And then they go back and we get right back in the same damn routine that they've been in before they left. And they end up putting nothing into action because you come back to like, you know, you missed a few days and you probably have some stuff piling up. That is yep. a, that is the most common problem that ha- that happens. So lack of implementation. That's it. Ambition without action is useless. I've said it so many uh, different times. And then, so I'll, let me throw that as my final thing to recommend anybody that wants to get implement. Pick it. Pick 
your top five things you got to get done and focus on them with passion and let the other ones go till you get those five done. Boom. There you go. Hey, hey, uh, Steve, I got you locked down pretty good after a while to finally get your ass on here. So yeah, yeah. thank you, man. I appreciate you giving me your time. Uh, it was fun. If I, if you want to continue on, let me know. This was a good time. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. You're I, a good guy. I'm grateful for it, man. I'm grateful for you, you know, trusting, you know, our business as a partner. So thank you for that as well. But, but, you know, just spending time to come on here and do it and share with everybody else. You know, these are the ones that when people are saying, Hey, we want more contractors that are closer in size to us. Like, Hey listeners, I just delivered it right now. And his name okay. is Steve miles. Hey, Steve, if anyone wants to reach out to you or connect with you, is there a, is there a proper channel that they could do that if they want to ask you any, any questions? Not everybody's going to reach out to you, but some will probably, some might take you up on it. Just want to ask you in private. Yeah. Uh, actually send them the easiest email address be marketing at jerrykelly.com. And then it, they'll get it to me, but marketing at jerrykelly.com. Ask any questions you want. They'll get it to me and I'll respond. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. And I uh, appreciate it. So, Hey, I don't know how many, have you, have you done any other podcasts before? If you have lie to me and tell me no. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Perfect. Have you have you done any others before? Yeah, I've oh, done a few. Shit. Well, none as good as this one, probably. No, this one you've got it down, man. This is awesome. Perfect. <laughs> they all want to be you. <laughs> Count it. Um, anyway, okay, I got to close this out, Steve. Uh, I appreciate you, my man, and our listeners. You know, we gave a lot of topics through here. You know, um, we talked about a lot of things. I mean, this is a guy who got you know he's the HVAC Hall of Fame. He got just got indicted, inducted into. He's been in the game a long time. <laughs> Yeah, right. He's been indicted. He's been inducted into it. He's been indicted. Uh, I mean, Freudian slip, maybe? I don't know. I'm kidding. Uh, but, you know, he's done some things. He understands some things. He didn't just he didn't just marry the owner's daughter. He worked his way through it and built a great business. Well, I, that too, <laughs> I said he didn't just, didn't just do it. So so take some advice here. And listen, again, if you don't know, I promise you, you and you think you, you have a stupid question, I promise you somebody else has thought of it before, maybe even Steve, right? But ask the questions because you never can, you can't get through it if you don't ask it to try and get out of your own way. Very, very common thing, but reach out to them. And, and, you know, again, like I said, find a group of people or some peers. It doesn't have to be like a full group. Find, start with one, but find somebody that you can rely on that can help you in business situations too. And that can also help hold you accountable. That's a big deal. Um, and, and don't be afraid to ask the question. Almost everybody in this industry will answer it. I mean, Ken Goodrich, I know Ken Goodrich. If you take him aside and ask him a question, he'll give you an answer. It will be an answer that makes you think and you won't have a response to, but he'll give you an answer. That's that's very accurate. And and you'll probably blow your mind and you won't even know how to respond to it anyway. And you're going to feel a little it, bit dumb. It, it, well, you will think about it. Then you'll have to do some reflecting. You go, wow, that was a pretty good question. I guess he knew what he, you know, it, it, I mean, Ken's like that, very insightful, but he's going to get right to the quick. But all everybody I've met in this industry will help you. Just ask. Exactly. So we'll go ahead and end it on that. But you know what, listeners, this is how I always finish this thing because it's absolutely true. You don't have to do everything, but you got to do something. No zero days. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really Really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, it's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. 
you click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review and be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.